and welcome to Crew Shaken, episode 38. We are a tabletop gaming podcast recorded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, here in the United States. I'm your host, Tim, and joining me today is my other host, Lavelle. How are you, Lavelle? Oh, I'm doing very well, man. Very well. Excellent. I know it's been a while since we've been on the uh, recording situation together. This is a long overdue reunion. Unfortunately, Carlo can't be with us today. Carlo has been just rocking it at work, rocking it on the personal front, and rocking it at school. Um, So he's been super busy and can't join us, but we're going to loop him in as often as possible going forward here. Starting with episode 38, which is kind of a return to recording on a regular basis, which we tried to do, but as things go, life happens, we stumble and restart, we stumble and restart, but we keep moving forward. Uh, With that in mind, Lavelle, let's start it off like we do every episode with some hobby progress, some gaming progress, etc. Why don't you start us off? You know, I have fallen down the deep, deep, dark well that is 3D printing. Mm. And I have to tell you, it has been a blast. Is, is the following section something we should redact before the Inquisition hears of what you've been up to, or are we safe to continue this conversation? Well, you know, I, I feel like we're safe. All right. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Let all right, me, all right. The type so what have you been printing? What's, what's been going on? So I print printed some custodies carriers, and you can file, find all kinds of files. I've, I've just finished printing a custom Zinch Demon Army, which, you know, I would never buy, but I'm getting ready to play this narrative game. Mm. Um, and so that's going, that that's off being painted right now. I, prim- nice. print, I printed and primed it. And I'm actually doing the Mechanicus, arm, Mechanicus Army right now, even as we speak. It's downstairs churning away. Wow. So, so what kind of printer slash printers do you have churning away? I have a filament printer, uh, but... That one's broken. I have to send it back in. But I have two resin printers. Oh, and they're, okay. they're, they're large. Uh, print. You know what? I missed something else out. I printed a huge 3,000-point custom Seraphine army. Wow. Didn't right. you? And no, I'm, I'm not, you know, this is a judgment-free zone, as always, Lavelle. <laughs> didn't you already have a Seraphine army? That didn't sound judgment-free. <laughs> that did not sound I'm just saying, judgment-free. I'm just, I'm just saying. I just want to bring it to our attention as a group. <laughs> You know, I am. I pride myself. I play GW games. I still buy GW models. Sure. It doesn't replace my GW models. And I know if I go to a tournament or an event, I need the GW models. And I do love the GW models. But you know what? Sometimes I want to print something. I want to play a different army. And it's been really, really good. That's great. So you've had good luck with the resin printers. You're happy with the resolution and how they're turning out and everything. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, you know, That's one awesome. of the things we talked about is that the upcoming Nova, I'm going to be playing a little over Arena Rex, a game that I love, and I printed out, I, I did order models from them, I'm not telling anybody what I'm playing yet, but I, I printed out some some uh, test models, and I've nice. got a little bit of force there so I can get back in the habit of playing. But I've been really so enjoying my 3D printing. Excellent, excellent. And what's been going on the gaming side for you? So I've been playing um, a little bit of Age of Sigmar, a mm-hmm. lot of 40K, a lot of um of um a little bit of age sigma a lot of 40k a lot of infinity mm. and i actually have a horse heresy army and that's being uh print painted professionally painted right now and i'll be getting into it i played a couple of games i really like horse heresy when we talk about 10th edition a little bit later on i'm going to talk about my feelings of those two things coming together 
Yeah. And um, <clears throat> uh, oh, I've been playing a lot of Marvel Crisis Protocol. Oh, I hear that. I've been hearing people talk about that more and more frequently online. I have one huge square duffel bag, and everything I own from Marvel Crisis Protocol is in that bag. Mm. And I can pick that bag up and go to a gaming store, get in a couple of hours, get in one, two games. It's really good tactical decisions. I like it. And I'm a Marvel, you know, superhero fan. Yeah, yeah, you're a comic book guy, so yep. that's right in your wheelhouse, yeah. What about you? What you've been doing? So the last couple months, um, I'd say six months ago was a real lull for me, like in the fall, like coming into the fall, into the holidays was like a, a big lull in terms of being able to paint or play, right after Nova really was, was a, a big lull. Um, enjoyed, you know, enjoyed the trios at Nova in uh, last uh, August into September, had a great time there. Uh, didn't play as much as I had in the past. Um, had to slow down coming into the holidays just because work and personal stuff really picked up last year, which is great. It was a good year for business, and a lot of new projects came in, and some good stuff is cooking uh, for the rest of this year, which is great. Um, but in the last, uh, I'd say, six or eight weeks, I've been uh, full steam ahead at a number of good hobby projects. Uh, I finally, probably two years ago, I had purchased online somebody's uh, Stormcast army for Age of Sigmar. And it was like a lot of the older models, like from the first couple of releases for Age of Sigmar when it was launched a number of years ago. Uh, but I really liked, uh, you know, I wanted to get another AOS army. It was inexpensive. So I'd cleaned up all the models, stripped all the paint off that I'd, that I'd talked about several episodes ago. Um, and I finally primed those. I found a really great color scheme. I'm doing this kind of burnished, uh, like worn uh, metallic silver color with some brown and gold uh, accents and a little bit of leather here and there. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that done. I'm trying to like paint that entire army, which is pretty large. I'm trying to paint that one really quickly. Unfortunately, what's holding me up from painting it really quickly is I'm applying a similar color scheme to my all Primaris Iron Hands army that's been in progress for so long. And I feel so badly about those poor Space Marines sitting on that shelf in my studio. But I'm applying a similar color scheme to those. So I'm sort of going down this weird rabbit hole of speed painting two armies at the same time. On top of that, and, and you know, let me, let me just say, my studio is a hot mess right now, right? I have, <laughs> you know, when you buy canned cat food, it comes in those. If you get the case, it comes in that little cardboard, little like half box, you know? Right. I have, so I have like a dozen of those in my studio and they're full of little, little minis. Um, so the third thing that I'm working on um, I've been in regular contact with some friends, including yourself, who are really stoked for Horus Heresy. Now, I'd bought the launch box. You know, for years, I've been talking about getting into the Heresy, right? I'd bought and sold those damn rule books from the last edition probably two or three times. And I originally wanted to do an Emperor's Children army, uh, but I had come into possession of the Perturabo uh, Primarch for um, the Iron Warriors, and I had purchased the Age of Darkness starter box. So I figured, all right, I already have the, the Primarch. Let's just do Iron Warriors. Uh, picked up a, cu a couple of additional pieces uh, from Forge World to augment the army. And uh, now I've kind of moved that entire force, which is 2,500-ish points, um, including, which is kind of cool, I'm repurposing some of my old-school Space Marine Iron Hands vehicles for this Iron Warriors army, right? So I'm using like a couple of the... You know, they're not 30K rhinos, but I'm going to use these 40K rhinos and kind of change them up a little bit. I'm using my uh, Vindicators, my 40K Vindicators. I'm going to kind of tweak them to look a little bit more 30K. And I think I have a Predator or two that I can put in there as well. Um, and I bought the Siege Tyrant Terminators. I got a 10-man uh, Breacher Squad from, um, from Forge World that I'm pretty stoked about. 
And I'm, I'm moving that to the head of the class so I can get a bunch of games of that in over the summer in preparation for playing some of the narrative events at Nova in the fall, which I'm looking forward to. Um, my, my kind of my hobby regret in the last couple of months is I, you know, read through that new Infinity Rule book and I have my wonderful Yu Ching army and I just have not found the time to get my mind back around Infinity in a meaningful way. And I really like everything that I've read on the new edition. The rule book is good. The, you know, the, the story book again has some, some serious weirdness in it and some errors, but, but the rule book is, is relatively solid and I like the changes they made with the new edition. But I just I want to try to move that up in my uh, priority list as I go here. But I've just been struggling trying to find the time. All right, let's unpack this. This is your therapy session. Yeah, please. please. <laughs> Let, let's go back to the most critical thing. You got to get some Horus Heresy in. Yeah. You know, I played a couple of games of Horus Heresy, and you know, as always, my problem is I have too many armies. Um, yeah. But Horus Heresy, it took me back when I played it. There are some differences than than I think it's maybe seventh edition, yeah, but it was yeah. really really good. It was it was a lot of fun, and I remember that. Um, I want to I want to bring I, I have naturally I have a knight army, I have a custodes army, and I have the largest. My largest army is an imperial fist army. Yeah, because I just liked it. You know, mm -hmm. I want to I want to back up. I think there was something I messed left out. I got involved, and it didn't last long. We only got to play a couple of games in it. And a third edition campaign. Oh, wow. And we started at 500 points, and I played my Necrons because I have third edition Necrons. And what, weren't they launched with third edition? Is that correct? Yeah, they had the... Um, um, let me say this. They were launched at the end of third edition, I believe. Okay. okay. But the models I have are like the old, I guess, Rogue Trader metal models sweet okay but i was playing with that and <laughs> it was such a different game i was like really what what is going on here <laughs> <laughs> and i had uh, one of the things that i was playing imperial guard player and they are all falling back and i said wait a minute if they keep falling back if a model hits any table edge they're out of the game oh this is good i can ignore them <laughs> he ran the commissar over there and rallied them because they couldn't right. rally they were below half strength it was pretty i wow. said oh yeah i forgot about that but it was really, really a lot of fun going back to that old edition. What was the impetus for, for dusting off the third edition rule books? Uh, somebody said it. And you know, I was at the Basement War Gamers, and somebody said, hey, we should. And that was it. And I went down into the vault. That's great. Pulled out a, 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 one of those ancient box, blew off the dust, <laughs> and I had the third edition codex. That's fun. That's fun. Right. But you got to get some. I, I would tell you, you got to get some Horus Heresy. And right now, you know, we're so close to 10th edition. Yeah. We're so close. I'm, I'm kind of like on pause. Yeah. Like yeah. on pause. What's going to happen? I've been, as I've been finding more time to hobby, I've been, you know, really stoked to kind of re, re, like get my mind around 40K again as well, right? Because I had missed the, um, those couple of campaign books that came out in the fall. I have missed the Ark of Omen sort of wrap-up book series that they tend to, that's the, you know, the same kind of book series as the Gathering Storm was from 7th to 8th, etc. Um, I, I, I kind of fell out of the loop there. So it's just been in the last couple of weeks that I had started to look and read ab at least about what they were trying to do with the narrative with those Arcs of Omen book, books. And then, you know, just as we'll talk about in a moment, you know, just the, uh, just a couple of days ago at Adepticon, they kind of, uh, you know, tipped their hat as to what 10th edition was going to be and how soon that'll come out. 
Uh, but in the last couple of months, I've really been enjoying that 30K Age of Darkness rulebook, I have to say. I think it's a really well-written rulebook. I like the changes they made to that kind of 7th edition rule set that we're all kind of familiar with and know and love. Um, I like the idea of those reactions. I like the special rules as they apply to the models that are unique to each uh, legion. Um, I'm excited to get in a couple of games, and I'm excited about 10th edition because from what I've read, it seems like a really interesting hybrid of... Again, you know, we've we've always kind of talked about Age of Sigmar as being almost a proving ground for what can happen with yeah. 40k as it moves forward. And it seems like they're taking a little bit of what they were going to do with 10th edition and wound up doing maybe with for, with Horus Heresy. So maybe 10th edition is going to shake out to be this interesting streamlined, simplified but not simple as they're quick to say on Warhammer community hybrid between Age of Sigmar uh, 40k and 30k, which I think will be an interesting an interesting attempt to kind of reinvigorate the game a little bit. So one of the things, I'm going back to your um, um, Horus Heresy comment, yeah. I have, the Horus Heresy Age of Darkness book is great. Yeah. I also have both, uh, I have all of the books, and that includes the Libra Hereticus, the Libra uh, Loralis, and the Mechanicus book, and yeah. the, uh, like I say, Imperial Agent book. And I, I was fortunate enough, I ran right out and I got me that the two new assassins that were in there. Because, you know, I love Oh, them. nice. I yeah, love assassins. You love assassins. Yeah, yeah, you played them forever. Yeah. And so um, it is really good. Like, okay, I don't have anything to do. Let me get myself a cup of coffee and read the book. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's got the rules wrapped in to history and lore that's, that's done very nicely. Yeah, yeah, I do like the way they're laid out. I like the language used. The, the slight frustration I've had with them is that those universal special rules are in the big book. So I do find myself needing to go from the Liber Hereticus to the mm. big book, maybe more often than I should be. But once I print out, you know, a proper little bundle of pages from my army, I think I'll be in good shape. Yeah. Right, there's a lot, and you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of flipping back and forth. And when you get the other books, one of the things you notice, you look at a rule, um, um, you look at, uh, uh, you know, a universal rule and you don't know which book to go. Do I, is it back in the main book or is it in this book? And so you're going a little bit of back and forth. So yes. It's a challenge. Yes. Similarly with, similarly with those weapons, special rules, especially and right. with those weapons profiles. I haven't mastered. I, I think I need just, you know, to flag the pages like I usually do with little post-it notes and kind of get myself a little bit more organized, of course, before I dive into that first game. So I reconnected with a group of guys that I played with, and we played down at the Philadelphia Free Library on Tuesday nights. And one of the things that I noticed when I got back with them is that they were playing 8th edition with ninth edition rules. And what I mean by that, one of the things that I was telling them, you can't play a game, you can't play ninth edition without the stratagems. And mm. this is my opinion here. Baked into the point cost of the model is the stratagems that they have available that multiply or enhance that unit. And so if you're not playing with the stratagems, it's very, very limiting. In addition, you know, in ninth edition right now, there are in every game, in every match play game, there are 100 points to be had. The first 10 is for painting, painting and hobbying. And mm -hmm. so there are 45 points that we had on primaries and 45 points on secondary. Back in older editions, if you shot me off the table, you won. You decimated every... But in the new edition, it's possible 
that you could shoot me off the table, but I could still win on points. Sure, sure. I, I think that I'm hoping in ninth edition that they strike a little bit more of a balance with that. One of the things that I've enjoyed about the uh, what was the last the last couple of grand tournament books, Lavelle? What was the last one that came out? Arcs of Omen. One? Yeah, thank you, thank you, Arcs of Omen. Um, I noticed in the book that preceded that, which came out, uh, you know, last fallish. Uh, uh, Nylum? Nihilist? What was that one? Uh, Knockman. Oh, was it Knockman? Uh, I think that was an earlier one. I forget. Isn't the then next it was Nihilus. Nihilus. Yeah, yeah, right. Nihilus. Um, I've, been, I've been liking the fact, and I'm going to... I think this is leading into our, 10K, our 10th edition conversation. I've been liking the fact that it's been harder and harder to get command points, which makes it harder and harder to use a number of stratagems. Because my argument with 8th and 9th edition was always the game was so clean before you had like a playing card deck of stratagems to kind of build a thing around, right? I felt like in the end of 8th and into ninth edition that I could have three or four stratagems in my hand that I knew I needed to pull off that game. And, and it was, and maybe it's, you know, it's my lack of understanding as a player, but I really found myself just wanting to do those three or four things. And I found the execution of those things guiding my strategic decisions as opposed to being more present in the game and being like dynamically reassessing how the game was going. You know what I mean? I felt like I was constantly setting up this big play that, you know, even if you pull it off, doesn't have all the consequences. It never has all the consequences you think it's going to have when you're setting up your army, right? So I've been, I'm, I've been encouraged by what I read in the last couple of days of streamlining those stratagems, making it easier for me at least, who's, you know, I'm a you know, mediocre player and I'm having trouble thinking fast as I get older. It'll make it easier for me to get my mind around, okay, I got these couple of core stratagems, I got a couple of things I can maybe do on the side, depending upon how specific the new rule set gets for each individual faction, and then I can really be more present in the game. Do you know what I mean? I do. So one of the strategies that I've, you know, one of the game management strategies that I have is when I have time, if I'm going to, if I'm playing a particular army, I pull out all of the stratagems that I could use with that army. And that makes it a little bit more manageable. But I, I want to say that, um, you know, what do you think about when you compare those stratagems that are in, in ninth edition to the reactions that are in Horse Heresy? I think the reactions in Horse Heresy are some of the stronger stratagems that we had in ninth, right? The, those, core, those core reactions of being able to move again, to respond to movement, to, re to respond to shooting, to respond to close combat attacks, right? Those are the things that can kind of, they make both players think differently about what they're going to do next because you know that you, there could be retribution for the next move of your model or the next roll of the dice, right? I like that word, retribution. Retribution, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I think those reactions are kind of what the stratagems could be slash should be in 10th edition. Let me tell you when I knew this whole thing was problematic. Uh, you play Mechanicus, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was playing Mechanicus, and I had a Skatari army, which I love. And let me just tell you something, man. I had cards all over the place. I had totally. to print out little cards. Yeah. The is plus one. It, it was all over the place. And I said, okay, this is work. <laughs> this is yeah. not fun. Yeah, especially with that army. If you have Skitarii and if you have um, Admech in the same force and whatnot, you right. know, you've got Canicles, you've got this, you've got that, you've got... There's a lot of stuff you've got to be able to contend with on the table. And 
for certain types of folks, like that's that that kind of thinking is energizing, right? And that kind of thinking is really invigorating and immersive. And I, and I get that to a point. But where I'm at in my life, you know, I, I, I find that overwhelming. So that's why I'm, I'm encouraged by what I hear about 10th so far, because it might ease off some of that, ah, damn, I need to have four playing cards in front of me to do the next, you know, four, you know by playing cards, I mean the little data cards or whatever index cards I'm making up as I'm playing, right? I, I just found that a little bit overwhelming. And it took, that's why in 9th edition, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to tell you, I did not play my AdMac. I think I played my AdMac once in 9th edition. He said, I can't do this. <laughs> I, just couldn't, I just couldn't keep up, right? That's why I was playing Orcs for most of 9th edition, because it was a little bit easier to manage the, the flow of the game for me. It was a little bit more fun because I could be more present and not be worried about, did I forget to use that stratagem? Did I forget, you know, I got this candle over here. You know, it was just a little bit too, too cerebral for me to, to, to enjoy. So I do want to say that there are two things that I hope they do carry forward. Um, Tempest of War... And open war games. Mm, yeah, totally agree. Both totally of agree. those have been, uh, I want to use the term, more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've been a lot more fun, a lot more relaxed. And they're really super easy to play if you have different levels of skill. Yes. Yes, it's been really, really good. I have not done, I've done a couple of competitive matches. The last competitive one that I went to was a Highlander format, and I ended up in third place. Yay! Mm, nice. <laughs> um, it, it. It was run by the Berks County crew, okay. and but you know it would. I, I have to say that I, I I need a little. I need to be able to go between really complex and really easy, if you will, mm -hmm. based mm -hmm. on you know everything else that's going on. So I hope they leave those two formats in. It is sort of. I'm, I've just just occurred to me as you were speaking, Lavelle. I'll, I'll deem it like a weekday game and a weekend game, right? For me, that weekday game, if I'm going to go to Red Caps or if I'm going to go down to the shorter play or something, I need that game to be easy to approach from, okay, I can make a list at 5 p.m. I can be there at 6.30. I can have everything set up and ready to roll quick and easy, play for two hours, play for two hours and 15 minutes, whatever, and go home and call it a day. Whereas on the weekend, I can maybe play a different system or whatever to have a little bit more of a a time of it, right? A little bit more of a grind to it is acceptable on that weekend. But I'm, for me, I'm, I'm jazzed about 10th edition being a better weekday game for me. Hey, Tim, have you played any boarding action games? No. And we, we should totally talk about this. Totally. To I just got the new white dwarf, right? And I was charged up to see that the, uh, I think it's the new one might have been last month's, but uh, there's a boarding action mission on there to rescue Karn, right? And I have always loved, um, Oh, what's the word for that old Forge World? Because oh, I thought you um, was I thought you were gonna say you always love Karn the Betrayer because I was No 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 I, know. I, I, I like that I like that book. I have no love for Karn. Um, um well, Zone Mortalis. So Zone Mortalis, sorry, yes. Uh, the, the Zone Mortalis terrain has always had a you know a, a, a spot in my heart. I like those tight little games. That's why I like playing the rogue trader version of Kill Team that was out two years ago now, but because it is tight, it's corridors, it's doorways, it's gantries, it's you can't see around the corner, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm excited about that, and I hope to, you know, maybe in the next six weeks or so, I'd love to get in some games of that format of ninth edition as we say goodbye to it. So, you know, one of the things that um, that is important to me, second, okay, one of the things that's important to me is um, Kill Team. I... Yeah. I 
was T.O. to a couple of games. And I said, hey, if I'm going to be the T.O., I got to play the game. And I got into it. And I actually, that is in the lines of the um, the Marvel Crisis Protocol in that my mm-hmm. kill team units, I have separate models for kill team. And I have been enjoying that game. And, you know, it, we talked earlier about Infinity. Kill team can give you small man-to-man action in an interesting format. I kind of always liked it. But the yeah. new format where you're playing in an enclosed area, like ship it on the boarding action, it, yeah. it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I, I do enjoy it, and it's created a lot of interesting decisions. It's it's been a good game. I've enjoyed my kill team. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm stoked to uh, to dig into some of that. That's that's actually what had me looking into those arcs of Omen book. Because correct me if I'm wrong, in those books, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's in the Angron one or maybe the Abaddon one. That's where they started to talk about the zone mortalis thing. The boarding actions, yes. Yeah, the the, board, the boarding actions things, right? And I've actually been on eBay in my watch list. I have a, there's a terrain company. I think it's called Gallo Dark. Have you heard of this? Ga- Gallo Dark is well, Gallo Dark is the latest um, kill team expansion. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So people are selling Galardark terrain. I thought it was a knockoff of the Zone Mortalis terrain. Gotcha, okay. But it's but it's, you know it's not expensive, and you get a ton of doors and walls. So I think I'll get one of those and build a uh, yeah, build a little Zone it, Mortalis. It's pretty kind of good. Um, two Galardark boxes fit together to make a nice um, what do they call it? A nice boarding action table. Gotcha. Now gotcha, okay. this is an area that I think, and I don't do it, and I should that I think fits very very well with three D printing. You should terrain. be yes for three D mm. printing terrain. You should be doing a lot more of that for this um the um the narrative game that I'm planning for. One yeah. of the things that I'm doing is I've already printed out the demons and I'll be partnering. It's a it's like a two on two game with a mm. thousand sun player. Nice. And we're going to be doing a ritual. It's kind of like a stop the ritual against the um the the imperial players. And That's the, fun. the Thousand Sun player, he's a new he's not a new player, he's an old player, but he hasn't played a lot in this edition. Gotcha. And so I said, you know what, I'll just bring you do your thing, I'll just bring demons and run up and flame them. The uh Lavelle, what is the resin printer faster than the filament printer? Um or are they both they're both about the same. I I I I I am not qualified to answer that question. I will tell gotcha. you this the resin printer will give you more detail. Okay. The yeah. filament printer is more suited for terrain. The resin mm. printer is more suited for miniatures or like centerpiece terrain models that um that you need a lot of detail, etc. I I have enjoyed because you know I mostly have miniatures, but um I have enjoyed both. I do have, and I have not been able to play any Titanicus. Mm. But one of the first things that I did was I printed out a bunch of Titanicus terrain. Oh, that's nice. And yeah. I was learning, and so the print was failing. And so mm. only half the building was playing. I said, oh, I'll just paint this up and make it demolished. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Right. Because yeah, so, it, 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 it does take some skill on be, on the part of the printer to, you know, you yeah. in this case, uh, to know, like, how to fix things and exactly. stuff. And exactly. And, yeah. I, and, you know, people say 3D printing is great. I'm going to tell you something. It is not cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it has caused me to suspend all my other hobby. I'm having um, uh, 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 boxes of resin and boxes of uh, IPA alcohol delivered. Right, <laughs> right. And Justin, my son was like, "Hey, uh, 
Yeah, the ATF is going to be moving in on you yeah, any second. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of flammable stuff going on in here. <laughs> right. What's going on here? But it, it is, it, and it does take a lot of time, but it is something I can do. Start to print and go about my business, come back in, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, back to boarding action. Tim, we got to get a boarding action game in soon because yeah. I don't know how to play it at all. I have all the Arcs of Omen book because of the story. I'm going to talk about the story in just a minute. And I yeah. thought it was really, really good. I'd like to try it yeah let, let's let's try to get that in the next two weeks or so that'd be great let me tell you what was interesting that caught my attention more than anything else in the arcs of omen so all while i'm playing and i'm playing against these demon players and i'm i'm seeing them pay these demon engines mm. and i'm saying well where does this fit in and then they introduce this guy vashtor who's creator of these engine these demon engines and i'm thinking hey that makes sense now yeah, great model too. Great. Yeah, model. Now, now, now it all makes sense. I get it now. Yeah, so I think that the way they are advancing the um, the story is really, really good. It's really, really interesting, and I'm sure you've heard right now. It all caps off just like they did with the um, what was the name of that other one when Gilliman came back at the end? That was the Gathering Storm. The Gathering Storm. So now they're Those capping are, it off with books. the Return yeah. of the Lion. Got you. Okay. So they so, did Abaddon. Yep. Is it a bad no Abaddon? I say Abaddon, and I think I say Abaddon sometimes too. Let's okay. go Abaddon. Let's Abaddon, go Abaddon, then it's uh, uh, Angron, then it's Vashtor, and then the last book is going to be The Lion. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, so give us the 50,000-foot view of how the narrative is shifting into the launch of 10th edition. So here, here's the thing that's important. And I was watching a video that showed just this region of space and the 40K universe that nobody knows what's going on. Okay. There is so much in the universe that there are a ton of stories that can still be told. Yeah. So, Abaddon, he meets with this guy, Vashtor. I think it was on a Spacehawk. And Vashtor tells him about these, um, these different artifacts. And if he collects them, he'll have this great weapon. But uh, Vashtor's goal is to ascend, I guess, and become the fifth or the sixth, depending on how you count the emperor, that's not my opinion. That's not my Just opinion, saying. Inquisition. Just saying. Right. The fifth chaos god. Gotcha. And that's what his whole goal is. And they're going around, and, it, you know, they, they call it the, the MacGuffin. And so they're going around trying to collect these things, and they're on various places in Space Hawks, and there's this mad dash by the chaos to kind of grab them, and the, the Imperium is defending against them. That's the story in the whole. We know that... Um, that uh, there have been, and each one, Angron comes back, and each one, something pivotal happens. And the title of the book is what kind of describes it. Because we got Abaddon in the Abaddon book. We got uh, Angron in the Angron book. We're getting Vastor in the Vastor book. And the, fast, the last one is the lion. Terrific, big centerpiece models right. with each right. book. And they've all been really, really pretty stunning. Let's deviate a little bit here and talk about lore. So right now, at the end of this arc, we will have two Loyalist Primarchs. And we'll have Angron, we'll have Magnus, we'll have Motarian. Who is, isn't there another one? Is, we'll have Angron, Mortarian, Gilliman. I guess those are the only three Chaos ones that are there. Yeah, those are the only three Chaos ones, correct. So, so now we're 3-2. So, yep. you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, we got the best, I mean... We we got the best ones, man. 
Mine is awesome. And you could argue that Lion has, you know, it could be a chaos Primark, right? No, never. <laughs> I do not agree with that. The the uh, the opinions expressed by Timothy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Timothy alone. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, so let's talk about what was revealed uh, at Adepticon. Um, Adepticon in Schaumburg, Illinois, I think, was this week. Um, shout out to my buddy Tom, who's out there playing uh, BattleTech with his podcast crew. Um, uh, but you got a great uh, con, Adepticon. I, I went a number of times a number of years ago. I had a blast. Great big hotel. A lot of games. More 40K getting played than I'd ever seen before in person. A huge tournament and a, a key time to reveal new stuff by uh, GW, amongst other game makers. And their big one was to kind of tease what 10th edition was going to be. Um, they had sent out a few images, which were definitely, you know, you had Tyranids and you had Terminators. So when I first saw those couple of teaser images week before last Lavelle, I thought, okay, they're going to reissue Space Hulk, the board game, right? I was expecting that, which would be cool because I've, I think I've had Space Hulk in my basement for years and never, ever played it. Uh, and I know people love that game. When, I know. People love that game. People have loved every version of that game. It's been out for a... I mean, it's been out for a long time, right? Space Hulk is an old, it, it is an old game. game. You know what? It's been refreshed a few times. And I got to go back and look. That might have been first done with Milton Bradley. Because mm. there was a time where Games Workshop was coupled with Milton Bradley. And I believe that's where they learned their distribution. Um, that's where they acquired that 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 critical skill of distribution and everything. Interesting. And that's what separated them from everybody else. Interesting. Okay, but let's come back to this. There's a couple yeah, so, of things. There are a couple of things in here that have me really, really excited. Yeah. So I I watched the video, and I have to tell you. The video was good, but I did not like it better than the ninth edition video. That I, I might, totally agree. It, it did not give me the same chills right. as the ninth edition video. Yep. Right, the ninth edition video, and it could be because they had Necrons in it, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Who's counting? There's a couple of things that I like. Have you seen the data cards? Yes. Let's, so, yeah, let, let, let's dig into that. The data cards are very much like the cards for um, Age of Sigmar. Yeah. You can buy the cards, and you when you get the cards, you don't have to lug around your codex. Yeah. You can, you know, just like they do with the uh, chapter approved, they have the general's handbook. You have your general's handbook and your stack, of, your box of cards, you're good to go with your army. I really like that. I really, really like that. Yeah, and you, Carlo, and I have wanted this for 40K, you know, a GW version of those cards for 40K for a long time, so I'm really glad to see this, yeah. That, that was really good. The other thing is... I. I like the return of the universal special rules. We all I had always, I'd always said feel no pain, and they mentioned this in the, in the mm -hmm. description, right? They, I've always said feel no pain no matter what they call it, right? right. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. And so it, it works so well. And when you say it, you know exactly what you're talking about. Feel no pain. I have a five-up feel no pain. And the other person yeah. goes, oh, okay. That's really, really good. I yeah. like the return of the... Um, the universal rules. There were some things that I need to see. Mm -hmm. So they said that vehicles and monsters, that they don't degrade the way they used to. They have a little bit of that, but it'll be different. I, I want to see that. Yeah, they said more or less it'll be similar to how it runs in ninth, but it'll be a simplified stat line, which could be cool. I mean, I, I liked how it was in 8th and ninth, frankly, but we'll see what they do with that. I thought the OC stat, objective control stat, was yeah. interesting. 
But here's my question to you. Do you think I don't I haven't seen anything. Do you think they're going to lose Battlefield roles? It's a great question. <laughs> it's a great question. I'm looking at I'm looking at the the, the uh, Tyranid the Termagant uh, data sheet that they shared here at Warhammer Community, and I'm seeing keywords. So I'm seeing infantry, great devour, endless multitude, termagants. There's faction keyword, of course. That's a good question. The the way the force org thing is going to be really interesting in this next edition. I feel so. You know, like you, uh, you know, right now you can't take more than three of any particular sheet. Right. I, I am really interested in seeing, is that one of the balance elements? How do you feel about, and this is a very Age of Sigmar thing, where your weapon has a specific ballistic skill as opposed to the model having an inherent ballistic skill? I do like that because, you know what, um, it makes it easier. So, for example, I'm really, really bad at remembering, hey, this is a, po- uh, this is a power fist. It's minus one to hit. Yeah, I re- I really like that. And the other thing is, this is about the card as well. And I'm assuming they're going to do cards. I can hand a card over across the table. Mm. I can have a card hand a card over across the table. And I thought that that was really really good. I, That's a great point. I, yeah, I want to see point. that. Like, you know, it, it makes I, there is some room. <laughs> There's some room for screwing it up. Yeah. But I, I, I like what I'm seeing so far. Yeah. Um, I've always liked in Age of Sigmar that your melee, you know, your melee weapon skill and your ballistic weapon skill was just a X up, right? It was just an amount you needed to roll on for each specific weapon, and certain weapons are better than others, and, and so on. I've, I've always liked that, so I was glad to see that here. Um, and in terms of the layout of the sheets, I mean, if they look like this, this is pretty clean right this is actually a little bit easier to see at a glance than the age of sigmar sheets instead of that little kind of crosshair thing that the age of sigmar right. sheets have with with all that stuff in the corner um I'm, I'm 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 with this i'm here for this and i like the fact that these are going to be free to download and the rules be free to download that's you know it'll lower that cost of entry for newer players which i'm into but um, look at this this one that we have in front of us the termagants that they gave us there is no uh, battlefield role. That's right. what made me ask that question. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that. And yeah, it, it, there's nothing to say that there's limited in any way. Um, I'm also interested. I noticed that I'm not 100 percent sure how leadership is going to roll. Yeah. Right. I, I I need to see that as well. Yeah. 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 Good point. Um, in terms of the narrative like thrust of the launch i've like the last you know seventh eighth and ninth have had really good like narrative tadas i liked i've liked all that stuff that they did to get the new version to make it exciting from the narrative point of view frankly i'm not excited about terminators and tyranids as the narrative push right i think it you know i hate to use the word lazy because i know a ton of people put a ton of time and really great thought and they're all really smart people who love the game as much as we do if not more but isn't it? Is it just feels a little lazy to me to just? Ah, it's high feet ball, you know, or, or whatever, you know. It's it's you know, remember ball like ah, it's more <laughs> those <Terminators."> guys again, <laughs> right? Because because there's always going to be more terminators, right? There's gonna, there's like or not or more tyrannids rather, you know what I mean? The the you know high feet leviathan rather is sure, 
right? There's always a big hive fleet flying out there somewhere in the galaxy. But I, just, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced this is the a very exciting way to start the tenth start tenth edition from a narrative. Point but my question to you is this: Before I ask my question, why is it always? I'm still asking the question. Why is it always <laughs> Space Marines? Yeah, totally. Um, and I guess I, I just feel like there's a lot more story to be had. I, I just. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. No, I, I agree. I agree. And especially to, to put the focus on Terminators. I don't, it's a weird choice to not have, which they've done in 8th and ninth, obviously, to have the Primaris be the, the crux of the Space Marine newness, right? New Terminators, I'm not excited about new Terminators. Not excited about new Terminators. But you know what? Even, the, the thing about it is there was a little bit of angst, a little bit of, of, of people not liking the loss of the Firstborn. Sure. And sure. so maybe this is their way to show that the firstborn is still going to be relevant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But with with all the things that you can do with the Tau, especially with the new Farsight model coming out, um, or if it's out already, forgive me. There's, you're right in that it would be a cool narrative choice to not just have it be Space Marines right. versus X as a as an additional launch. But you know, we can't forget that you know there are more um, ultramarine armies than any other armies in the world that they are the poster boys for the game so it's not surprising they did it this way they have blue terminators here in front of us that are ultramarines terminators but, and but tim i, mean, I would I, remind I, I, you I, I, I get it but I, I would like to see something a little bit different but tim i would remind you that the dynasties are waking up right now <laughs> they are merging <laughs> the silent king is rallying us this is not yeah. going to stand for long mm-hmm mm-hmm so I'm with it. Did you, I'm with did it. you take your meds this morning? <laughs> so listen, there's a couple of other things. They said, that I, I, I did like in the beginning, all of the, um, what were they called? Remember the, the indexes? Yeah. I did like that. And yep. then as things come up, I was really enjoying the indexes. You pick up a couple of indexes, you can read you and the bad guys. And, and yes. I, I did like that. They said that they will be coming back. Yes. Um, they said this is the thing that I also liked. Arcs of Omen and boarding patrols will still be here. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so we, you know, we, we don't have to get attached to boarding trip patrols right now only to lose it. Got you. That's great. That's now, good one of the things I that, I, that I didn't understand, and maybe you can help me understand, is they, they're trying to make the combat patrol boxes more playable against mm -hmm. each other. So there's going to be a different, like a slightly tweaked rule set, it sounds like, that's going to be included in those boxes called Combat Patrol. It's a new way to do um, uh, Crusade and matched play, um, which is, I think is cool. Those, I mean, they're still pretty big boxes. I mean, I'm looking at the that kind of a 12-up illustration they have here in right. Warhammer Community. There's a lot of models in those boxes, so it, it's, I think it's smart to do... Uh, to do box versus box play, which is cool. You can start, you know, it's under 2,000 points from what they say here. And, you know, a couple of data sheets in each of those boxes. It, you know, if we can lower that barrier to entry, then which is obviously what they're thinking about from a business point of view, I think this is, I think that's cool. You know, when, the, when I look at the boxes, maybe they're going to change the boxes. I, I, don't, I don't think so. But they're not really well balanced. Probably not, right? But in terms of just getting the game under somebody's, just getting somebody's mind around the game, maybe that's less of a focus here. There's a, you know, there's, I take exception to this uh, sentence in here. It's also great for hobby butterflies who hop from one project to the next <laughs> and prefer to sample a little of each army's nectar. <laughs> he said, I feel attacked. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel attacked. 
I'm okay with being called a butterfly, but let's make it sound like a good thing, right? Hey, <laughs> listen, if you scroll down underneath that big box of all the pictures, I didn't notice it before. There's a little asterisk here that tells me everything I need to know. Units with the battle line keyword can be taken up to six times. Oh, that's a big nod to how they're going to handle organizing. Because that is very much like Age of Sigmar. You're right. Army selection is equally straightforward. Pick a faction, a warlord, and the units you like. Just no more than three of any one type, asterisk, with that exception, and stay within your points limits. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I totally missed that. But, you know, when I come back up and I look at the Termagants, Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm I'm getting it now. So, for example, yeah. um, um, in Age of Sigmar, if you choose Thunder Lizards, your Stegodons and your big monsters can become battle line. Yes, there are things in, in all those Age of, Age of Sigmar armies that can make more units battle line. Yes, so, right, right. I guess what they're going to do is they're going to take that approach. Like, okay, this becomes battle line. This becomes battle line. I got to tell you, I, I like where I am. In terms of my model count, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna end up in a really good place. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm excited. Excited. I just hope. I hope it's interesting from that that narrative point of view. I hope there's they do something here. To ta da! It's more than just Tyranids versus Terminators. It's X, right? And granted, we'll have the lion running around, so that'll be cool. That'll he'll obviously play some kind of role in the narrative going forward, which is good. Um, uh, uh, I'm curious. To, I'm curious uh, to hear how Gilliman and the Lion are going to get along. Hold on, Tim. Have you played against? Uh, uh, I don't think you have. Tim, I've played against the um, the Corn Army. That's Corn, right? Right. I have not. Yeah, I, I have, have played not. against Corn, and I played with against Angron. Mm. And before we ended the game, I had killed Angron twice. <laughs> and he was still on the table. <laughs> I was like, because they get blood tie points when a unit is destroyed, regardless of who did destroying or whose unit it is. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, this this is some bull. What the right, heck? Right, How many right, times I gotta kill? Fun. Concentrate fire on him. Hey, look, sure. and now I got enough to bring him back. Well, that was very, a waste. Very flavorful. Very flavorful. And he he does wreck stuff. He wrecks it when That's he gets great. up on you. You are wrecked. And it was I was playing the ad mech army and I had a good gun line, got my robots going on, got my and I played with a contingent of armagers because you can do that in the new Arcs of Omen. Um and it, it, it the Arcs of Omen detachment is really, really flexible. I really like it. Nice. But uh, you know, I played against those guys and they was running up on me and slaughtering. <laughs> I was like, Well, how is this fair? <laughs> keep that in mind. Wait, keep that in mind with this next statement. They also said that the lion will be able to handle him. I'm mm. like, well, how is that possible? What has he yeah. got going on? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see him. I want to come back to two other lion, two other lore pieces. Yeah. Cipher, is it true yeah. that Cipher currently has his sword? I don't recall that. I always associate Cipher with those plasma pistols, right? Doesn't oh yeah, no, Cipher has a huge sword on his back. That might be the the lion's sword then. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because they said somebody was mentioning when they went through the model, they said, "Hey, um, he's not carrying a lion's sword." But mm. somebody also said that he's going to reintegrate the fallen. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, well, okay. How, how's this going to go? That's great. Yeah. Um. So looking ahead, Lavelle, what's the first 
army you're going to field for your first game of 10th edition, based on what we know about it so far? I'm confused. I will stick with my dynasties, the rightful rulers, the winners <laughs> of the war the only, in heaven. The only army? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm confused. These other things are just playthings. <laughs> right. Remember what Forge World says on their boxes. This is not a toy. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a toy, yep. That's what I'm going to do. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what it's got to be. It's got to be. You, have you played a, a game against the leagues? Oh, okay. So I, I wasn't going to bring that up. You just dragged my dirty laundry out. Have I hit a sore spot? <laughs> I, I have a complete league army. Oh, um, it's I, I should be picking up for my painter within the next week or so. I have not played against them, nor have I seen them played other than yeah. in battle reports. Likewise, that's my one regret of ninth edition is not getting not learning more about them because, you know, at first I was really lukewarm on the models. And then as I'm seeing more and more of them painted and organized into forces, I'm, I'm kind of into how the leagues look. Yeah, I, I think it, it um, there was something that said. Um, and some th- that the, uh, some space marines could take the league as allies. Mm, yeah, nice. so I, I need to see what's coming out of that. Cool. Yeah, I wonder how allies will work in the new edition too. Yeah, I do. I will say this is interesting. The leagues definitely have artificial intelligence, and that's their greatest keep it secret. Yeah. They have ancestors which are really just huge artificial intelligent downloads. Right. And so it'll be interesting because nobody. Nobody in any of the the known spheres, they none of them allow artificial intelligence. Right, right. Even the Necrons considered an abomination. Interesting, interesting. Um, but before we sign off for the day, Lavelle, let's talk about other rumors you've heard about Tenth. Any new um, armies that you think we'll see in Tenth Edition? Any completely, uh, you know, whoa, didn't expect that kind of things that you see on the horizon for us? Um, I'm willing to bet you that in this is a big gamble here. In the tenth edition, we will see an Imperial Navy army, and we will see an Arbides army. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, yes, get, I, get some I, more I, humans out there. Absolutely. And so you know, an Arbides army might scare, square up well against a Gene Stellicor army. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really, yeah. really hoping we see a Dark Mechanicus army. Yeah, that's a good one. A Dark Mechanicus and a Traitor Guard situation. Right. I mean, that would be interesting. But you know what? Here's the problem with this transition from 9th to 10th. We almost hit the reset. And we got to start codexes all over again. So who gets yeah. the first codex? We know it's Space Marines. We also know it's Terranit. Yeah. Yeah, and so now, you know, I got enough codex codices to level my bed. <laughs> Yeah, there's a. I looked at my shelf just the other day, and there's. I still have like seventh edition. I have all a bunch of the seventh edition stuff to get rid of. <laughs> Don't get rid of it, man. I yeah, uh, just just because. Let me tell you something. When we start talking about third edition, somebody said I'd like to play Eldar, but I got you. <laughs> well, is any imperial? I got you. You got to go into the black library, right? In the basement. It's, it's all right here. It's all right here. Give me my books back when you're done. That's great. Yeah. Um. Uh, one more thing to talk about on the side here. Um, Warhammer the Old World. Slow news year, it seems like, for that, based on what I've seen. That I feel like they teased the fact that this would be coming back. Um, where, where, where are they at with Warhammer the Old World? Because I know that you used to play you know, pre-AOS um, Warhammer proper. So, you know, I went from there to Kings of War, and then I'm going to talk about this other game in just a second. I, I, don't, I haven't heard anything 
But I expect if we hear anything, it'll be around Gen Con. Mm. But they got a lot going on over there. They yeah, got a lot there's, going on. there's plenty of new stuff to, uh, to keep us occupied. I'm not asking for another tabletop war game from GW slash Forge World. I'm just saying it might be there, right? Yeah. Tim, I'm going to tell you, the best rank and file game, hands down, is Conquest. Yeah. Have you seen the new miniatures for Conquest? I have been, like, avoiding them on purpose, but I have seen them. Yes. Right now, I'm sitting on two Conquest armies, and, you know, maybe, now that I say that out loud, maybe I do have a problem. I I have 100 Kingdoms, and I have a Dwigam, the the Dwarves, but this new one, oh, oh, these models, oh, they look beautiful, man. They're doing a great job with that game. I like the fact that they produced a rule book last year that was for smaller games, more of a, not a kill team necessarily, but a smaller, quicker way to play on a smaller piece of terrain. Um, they're doing great stuff, and I'm, you know, knock on wood, they've been able to sustain as a business model, which is really good. Right, which is really the key thing. You can have a great yeah. game in the world, you can't sustain your business model, you're not due to last long. Yeah, somehow they're keeping those lights on and uh, and making great stuff. So I got to hand it to them. I hope they uh, hope they're able to continue because that world has really grown on me and that game is it's tight. It is a great game. It's great. Yeah. Cool. With that, we will sign off here on episode 38 of Cruise Shaken. Thank you for listening, everyone. We are glad to be back in the uh, in the booth, as it were, to record uh, some gaming content for you going forward. Uh, we'll hope to have Car- Carlo joining us on the next episode. And look for us to kind of adopt a new format with the next batch of episodes. We're going to try to mix it up where we're, you know, giving our uh, our just desserts to the uh, Games Workshop games that we love. But uh, there's some other stuff out there that we're really passionate about, as you know, if you've been listening to us for a while. And we're going to try to integrate more and more of that as we go forward. Um, stay tuned next episode I want to talk about the Numenera campaign that I am game mastering first time I've game mastered or dungeon mastered in a long time so I'm pretty stoked about that Um, yeah so look for that kind of stuff in coming episodes and as always uh, thanks for listening we're glad you're with us Uh, for Crew Shake and I have been Tim I'm Lavelle stay tuned for next time